0: Like a vampire, I don't need to know you. Come with me, I'll show you. You can find me backstage, I'm a party with a nicholas Cage. Girl, I want the body, you know you got a body like Nicolas Cage. You ain't gotta be scared, you ain't gotta be afraid, baby. It's just you and me alone tonight with Nicholas K. Hey, this is Cage Fighter Reese. I just want to say stick around after the podcast at about the 60 minute mark. You're going to hear a very special story that I'm going to tell about a bodyboarding experience that I had. In fact, you're going to hear Cage Fighter Steve reference it in this episode. So if you want to know what that's all about, make sure you hang out after the podcast episode has ended. Um, In this episode, we're talking about prisoners of the ghost land. We did finally get around to watching it. Uh, We have some pretty strong opinions about this one. I'm actually going to run through ...through the entire movie. You're going to hear our thoughts on both the film... ...and also the uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff... ...that is featured with the iTunes release. Um, Thanks for listening to this podcast, and uh, enjoy. Yeah, so, uh, guys, this is going to be really easy for you... ...because I I watched Prisoners of the Ghostland twice... ...and my second watch through, I actually decided to write down everything I'm going to say. And I'm going to go through the movie. And I want you guys to kind of correct me, cut me off when you feel the need. Prisoners of the Ghost Land... I was so psyched for this when the trailer first came out, and I believe that it had some had pretty stellar reviews from the festival circuit. I'll just say that. And it, and also the fact that it was directed by a Japanese director, Sion Sono, who I'm not familiar with at all. I didn't know any of his movies. He's got a pretty healthy fan following here in the States, I learned. Uh, the movie came out, well, by the time this podcast comes out, like a month ago. Uh, it was written by TV actor... Aaron Henry, and actor Reza Sixo Safai. Pretty sweet name. Uh, there's a few writing credits between these guys uh, before they wrote Ghostland. Nicolas Cage is the star. We've got uh, Sophia Butella, Nick Cassavetes, Bill Moseley, and a whole cast of Japanese and Asian actors. It's made so far about $40,000 at the box office on an unknown budget. I think it's super interesting we're coming to this movie after Pig, Having reviewed Pig. I mean, I I don't know if we want to call this the parabola effect. You know, we, we had jujitsu, which you should listen to our review. Uh, it, we had some very specific thoughts on that. I think Pig was an interesting surprise for us. And now I just feel like we're kind of moving more back towards jujitsu. In a sense.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So before we jump into the movie just real briefly, how would you guys describe it? What was your experience watching it?
1: Uh, This movie is Mandy for Weebs.
0: I can see that. Yeah. There's a lot of cosplay. You're going to hear there's a lot of cosplay.
1: There's a lot of cosplay. Um, It really just felt like a dream I
2: had as a teenager.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that, Steve. Yeah. You wake up and you think, well, that was pretty cool, but definitely that was a dream.
2: But well, no, it's one of those ones that you like you wake up and you're like you're trying to make sense of it. Yeah. And then you forget it. It was one of
0: those right. dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you fill it in. You just fill it in with stuff.
1: Yeah, and yeah. That's
0: your movie, maybe.
1: Yeah. I felt a lot when I was watching this movie that it it, it was almost like a serious version of Gintama.
0: I'm familiar. I haven't seen Gintama, but I'm familiar.
1: It's and they actually they made a couple Gintama movies, but it's it's essentially like it takes place in feudal Japan, uh-huh. but then aliens uh, invade, oh. and there's just this mashup between samurai Edo period yep. Japan and just like wacky nonsense. Okay. I was going to say,
2: speaking of which, if neither one of you have seen, uh, I would highly recommend uh, uh, Samurai Flamenco.
0: Okay. I was really expecting Boonraku.
2: No, no, no. That's, that, that's, uh, no.
0: Okay. I haven't seen that either. Although I do like Samurai and Flamencos.
2: Yeah, well, I've been recommending it to you for quite a while and you keep ignoring me.
0: Well, just keep trying, because you know how it is Just uh, keep trying And I just need to
2: get you to watch the first episode
0: Eventually he'll give in
2: (laughs) No, it's just a yes That hasn't happened yet
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do we have any Nick Cage news? I saw some story where Nick Cage says uh, No, Nick Cage just spent a ton of money On a comic book Did you see that?
2: I'll bring yeah, up. he has to do, like, six B-movies in yeah. order to pay for it or something.
0: Yeah. And that means that's like six more. He already more, signed up to do six, six more or something. Prisoners of the Ghostlands, we're going to have to watch. Yeah. Uh, he was also recently kicked out of a Las Vegas bar for being drunk, and they, they... This is according to page6.com. I'm really hopeful this is reliable, but apparently he was at this bar, and they kicked him out because they thought he was a homeless man.
1: But he actually was just filming some B-roll for Pig.
0: Yeah, it would totally make sense. Oh, the photos are not... uh, Very endearing.
1: Did he look better or worse than Rudy Giuliani, though?
0: Oh, better. Better. He still looks cool. That's the thing. Even when Nick makes some poor decisions, he's still looking cool.
1: Even Nick doesn't shave in public in his uh, worst moments.
0: Yeah, other than that, I I don't know uh, what else... What else to say about new? I,
2: I do have one more piece of news. Then, then to tell you if me. You really want to do then this. go ahead. So recently, I made an acquisition. Um, I just happened to come up on this local, like, secondhand Facebook group that I have. Okay. Um, We're like, typically, you know, buy like old pallets of stuff and then resell. One of those kind of people, and he happened to have one uh, that I hadn't sold. Um, that I was able to pick up
0: uh-huh is this alcohol
2: no it is the limited edition still wrapped what? t-shirt from the fast times at Richmount high
0: dude
2: yeah that's baller yeah that's totally wow. awesome
0: that is so cool
2: it was a low roll but it's technically Nick's first movie
0: yeah Yeah, that is some real memorabilia you have there. Yeah. So, you now officially might be the biggest fan out of all of us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. As
0: far as investments.
2: It didn't really cost me that much.
0: That's good. (laughs) That's... (laughs) I was gonna ask.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it was four dollars. Now you just need to get it signed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You so can for 4000
2: yeah. um, I would love it. Um, I will open this
1: if you're willing to sign it.
0: I like that. Open letter.
1: My dream is to get Nick to sign a, a sealed copy of The Ant Bully for GameCube.
0: Dude. Is his voice in the game?
1: I severely doubt it. The Ant Bully.
0: Rated E10 for ages 10 and up you can play the game and see the film in theaters now film rated PG you've heard that you've heard that rumor right that Michael Jackson did the soundtrack for uh, Sonic 2 yeah the Sega Genesis 3 yeah oh was it 3 yeah but he removed his name from the credits but apparently there's, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that it's true
1: was it because of the kids
0: <sighs> I don't know Sean I don't know enough okay I'm just passing I'm passing it on it's a little tidbit that's interesting. Go Google it.
1: Just uh, go go and donate to the Kickstarter for Michael Jackson's Moonwalker Two. Uh, let's get oh I would let's get the sequel made.
0: Do you think that he kind of? Do you think Michael Jackson was able to decide how his image would be used vir- virtually?
2: Guys, guys, what? We can't keep putting it off. We have to talk about this movie. God. Let's just do it. Let's get it over with. All right. Come on. My granddaughter has been lost to us. I would have her return to me post haste. And you, sir, I am told, are the man to do the job. Each arm is equipped with an explosive device. Your trousers are also equipped with explosives. Really? Just beyond the point where we now stand lies a highway where evil reigns. What is this? At the end of five days, if you have not returned with Benice, well, I think you get the idea, son. Godspeed. This is the ghost land. A land of no escape. We are not the ones who hold her captive. It's been two days, and still she is missing!
1: How do I get out of
0: here?
2: You must surrender to fate.
1: I am
0: radioactive.
2: No one escapes the ghost lab. No one!
1: I'm not a prisoner!
0: Alright, I'm gonna go through the movie, guys. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. This is a wild one. This is a wild one. I also watched the behind the scenes that came with the uh, iTunes movie, which is uh, basically six minutes of uh, the key actors talking about how awesome their characters are. It's mostly bullshit. But if you want to watch it, it is included with the iTunes movie. Um, prisoners of the ghost land. All right. The opening of this movie, it's a dolly shot into a bright red half filled gumball machine center frame in this kind of hazy blue room where two men are seated on a bench dressed like La La Land cosplayers. A little boy in an orange cardigan uh, wearing some kind of plastic Japanese festival mask turned to the side of his head. He approaches the machine while soothing ambient music swells. He smiles gleefully up at the candy machine right before Nicolas Cage blasts through the front door with a sawed-off shotgun screaming Banzai and rob in the bank with his partner who is uh, just some old dude who really likes to kill people and wear eyeliner Um, This is the beginning. This is the absolute first scene of the movie And then it's just all of a sudden we're in a different movie Mm -hmm. It's like a Meiji era Japan with Geisha, Maiko, and Samurai, and oh, they have electricity. Is this Demon Slayer Season 2, Yoshiwara Entertainment District arc? Um, Oh, and then one of our Geisha girls is actually not Japanese. I mean, that's fine, but no, she's actually our lead actress. She's the evil mummy woman from that really bad Tom Cruise mummy movie a few years ago. That's Ah. where I recognized her from. It's Sophia Boutella. And her character's name is Bernice. It's a name that you you never forget in this epic drama. Bernice. They love to say it. And apparently, Bernice and two other ladies are trying to escape their slave pens, which is evidenced by the half-naked ladies who are actually still in their slave pens, yelling, (laughs) hurry, go, in Japanese. I don't really know how that helps them escape stealthily. But uh, you do you, baby.
2: Yeah.
0: That's that's scene two. That's I hope you're rolling with this.
2: Who was the one? There was the one. There was the one titty lady. What did she give her? You What's know, that? There, there was the one lady that was like very insistent that she was in the frame and that you could see her. Yeah. um But her she breasts. also she yeah she gave her something too. Right? Oh, she did. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. man, I I didn't catch that. I was yeah, just she too like intrigued. she asked
2: me to come over and she was like come here, come here. And like yeah. gave her something I have a bracelet or... Okay, uh, on Yeah.
0: But then all of a sudden we're, we're inside a car. And they're like, are we free? We've never been outside of our house before. They start the car. Then we cut to a close-up of Bernice's sleeping face, interspersed with cuts of their escape with more dramatic music and then a warning sign, warning area F N S S. I I never figured out what that is. And then all of a sudden, there's Mad Max Samurai cosplayers. And there's a young uh, Freddy Krueger. Then Bernice wakes up, and where is she? What is this place? Oh, this is the Ghostland. I. What is the Ghostland? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. is is this the place that's in the title? Is what I was asking myself. And then, um, yeah, it's what. What is the Ghostland? What did you guys think of the Ghostland?
1: I th- I think it's a it's a metaphor for the space in which Nick's testicles exist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: testicles! I feel like there's a lot of forced symbolism. I feel here. like the,
2: the Ghostland reminded me of what what was the popular the game series that uh, I know it's still probably popular that you play and you start mm-hmm. out it's very cartoonish and you have a robot. Little robot sidekick thing. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Mega Man.
0: It's, oh,
2: Fallout. No, well, no. Um, it's a shooter game.
0: Borderlands.
2: Yes, Borderlands. Kind of yeah. reminded me of Borderlands.
0: Yeah. I, I, yes, definitely, and Fallout too. I got yeah. a lot of Fallout vibes. I just don't
2: know the Fallout.
0: Yeah. Ah oh, man. Alright. After all that nonsense, we get the title card, and then we fade into Oh, we're back to Meiji era Japan festival singing glory holes? Oh wait, it's the sheriff's place? Is this a western? Is this Boon Raku, Steve? Yes. What is this? Uh yeah. yeah. Yeah, this movie is a kind of like a mashup film genre that I'm sorry but Every movie in this genre sucks. I'm sorry. Boonraku, we, we should just go watch Raku cuz yeah, it might be yeah. the best but of we, the bunch. We really but do there's like I
2: saw
0: it. You know, and I hate to say it because Takashi Miike is one of my favorite Japanese directors. He's got this movie called Tsukiyaki Western Django. And I don't think it's very good. It's the same kind of thing, mixing feudal Japan, samurai stuff with American westerns. Just, I just don't get it yeah. because the stuff that works for one I feel doesn't work for the other
1: yeah
0: it's just incongruous if that's I think that's a word uh, and and this is this is definitely in that space of movies and at first I think that's cool maybe this will be the first one to actually do something interesting with it um, we'll see how that pans out
2: so I think the thing that got me wasn't necessarily the, the, the mixture of culture. That, that kind of set me off a little bit in certain scenes. But when, when we're coming into the ghost land in particular, um, we start getting into that, like, uh, the really bizarre, very yeah. Japanese style uh, right. movie direction that was just... Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I don't think it really translates well to an American market. Uh, I, I was
0: gonna. I was gonna get into this a little bit later too, but I know exactly what you mean. It's also the way that the Japanese characters act. Yeah. Their acting style. Yeah. If this were a purely Japanese film, it would work great. But since it's more of a Western movie, and most of the dialogue is in English, it's just like over theatrical and and you could argue that it's intentional because it, well, it I, I, at that's, the end that's of the, the day, Japanese
2: style. The Japanese style is very over dramatic and very. To make that point, yeah,
0: and and I think that this movie is kind of like an intentional B movie. Mm-hmm. It's made to be bad, and that's not new with the spate of recent Nick Cage movies. Right. But with this one, it just feels like there's all this forced nuance and symbolism and stuff that's supposed to matter. When really, at the end of the day, this is like you know five dollar Ben B movie yeah. you know, that's been spruced up. Yeah. What What do you think, Sean? I know we're talking about our thoughts right out the gate. But I, I just want to keep this thing rolling
1: I feel like they, they wanted to do enough action for a really kick ass trailer okay and that's it <laughs> yeah for real with how gonzo the trailer is yeah like 60% of this movie is just boring as shit yeah, yeah. So, speaking yeah. Of, on
2: the notion of being born to the shit, where we're at right now in the movie, when they first introduced Nick Cage, that was probably one of the best scenes. Well, in I'm going to go movie. through it.
0: I'm going to go through it right now. Okay. We're at the sheriff's place. We see all these flags strung up. There are all these little cues that this is Earth, right? That this this is taking place in our world, maybe in the distant future or something. My first thought, of course, was at post-apocalypse
2: Mad Max stuff. I'm still on. This is current. <laughs> <laughs> I still firmly believe this is taking you know, place in Asia Town, Santa Monica. Yeah.
0: but for me, that's telling me, okay, that means no aliens are going to show up here in Samurai Town. It's not going to be cowboys versus samurai <laughs> versus aliens, please. But then this, the movie suddenly becomes a western. We've now flipped completely to a western, and Nick Cage's character, his name's Hero, by the way, and he's a prisoner of the governor, played by Bill Moseley, who uh, I I love him from Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses, right? Sean, did you
1: bring that up? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I like I like those movies a lot.
2: He is yeah, not he's a fan kind cast. of obvious, but I did find out he was also the older brother in Repo.
0: Oh, okay, okay, uh-huh. yeah, I thought of Repo too. Watching uh-huh. this. <laughs> Uh, So the governor, the governor drives out in his limo to show the crowd Cage's balls before he puts two bombs on him. That's important. Uh, I'm not even kidding. There's a woman in the crowd who actually yells, let me see your balls. Um, Show us your balls.
1: (laughs) That's that's right. That's what we were all thinking. (laughs) Let me see.
0: Yeah, I mean everybody has to laugh when you when you hear that. And then Bill Mosley orders Hero to bring back his beautiful granddaughter Bernice, and then gives him this discount Gantz suit. If you're familiar with the anime Gantz, that's what I'm <laughs> reminded of that? Uh, but it's got explosives on the balls and other places that's set to detonate only if Nick Cage tries to strike a woman. The sensors trigger if well, that's what he's told.
2: No, no. If there, there is an impulse. First he sees the ones on his hands, and he goes, now those ones are there if you have the impulse to strike a, a an innocent woman, I think is what he said. Okay. Um, and then he sees the one on his balls, and he goes, those yeah. ones are there if you have any impure thoughts. I Don't will have. have you returning my Bernice to me unsoiled.
0: Yeah, I just took that. I didn't take that literally. I thought that was like if he tried to take him off to have sex or something. Yeah. It would. I don't know how these things work, but all I know is... No, with just if it, with gets, them, if it
2: gets a hard-on, then one of his balls are going to blow off. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what he said.
0: They detonate if Nick Cage tries to strike a woman, which would have been a huge problem if he'd worn that during the Wicker Man. So thank God. Thank <laughs> God he didn't have that on. Uh, I, some things I don't understand about the suit, though. I mean, if it blows up, if he tries to take it off... How will the sensors not be triggered in a combat environment? You
2: know? uh, there's a zipper. Well, oh, and also so it's like the neck collar. It's all. It's a one piece suit, so he yeah. would have to like tear it, and it's untearable. Yeah. Um, so that was the, the plot the, item, and the, the collar locked. Remember? Yeah,
0: yeah, I do know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but I just you know like you're in a battle, and they're like, oh, shoot, shoot one of the little balls on his balls. It'll blow up his balls. That's like an instant kill, right?
2: You don't shoot guns. No one has ammo. Oh, okay. Did you ever see anyone shoot a gun?
0: Yeah, when they robbed the bank.
2: Well, yeah, that was the bank robber. He came okay. from out of town. Did I anyone see, else ever I, shoot a gun?
0: I don't understand how guns... and It's just, or, just like Boon Rocker and that stuff. that was
2: 15 years ago. They could have outlawed guns since then <laughs> yeah. because of that happening.
0: Side note, the girl with the toy robot who is with the governor, her name is Susie, and the actress who played her, her name's Yuzuka Nakaya, she just destroyed her entire career in Hollywood with this one movie, in this one yeah. performance. I just yeah. want to throw that out there.
1: Don't give my sister to him! She's a devil! A real devil! Yeah.
0: Her acting, her mannerisms, it's it's something to behold um okay so there's more the suit also has a countdown timer on the sleeve that looks like a Pip-Boy right Sean it kind of reminded me of that
1: oh yeah no I got some some Pip-Boy vibes right there
0: and he's got five days to return her or he gets blowed up and I know that's not exactly how it works but just generally speaking he's got a short window um and then there's this part right he gets a car. They give him a car, and he, he's getting in the car, but then he decides at the last minute to walk away from the car and pick up a bicycle yeah. and pedal, pedal the bicycle out of the, the town. I, I know that that was a Nick Cage choice. I don't know it for 100%, but I believe it is. Uh, The the action hero now with bombs on his balls Is riding out to battle on a bicycle Uh, Oh no Only for the governor's silent samurai bodyguard Yasujiro Played by martial artist and Tokyo Gore Police Veteran Tak Sakaguchi I love Tokyo Gore Police by the way Uh, He brings him the car In a completely pointless scene (laughs) So stupid and then after that, Cage, I assume, enters the ghost land. They don't really show, like, the threshold, right? Between the town and the ghost land. He's just kind of there.
2: Well, he, he wrecks the car, too, right?
0: Yeah, he wrecks the car. He tries yeah. to ram into that's, the. um.
2: That's the threshold. Is he, like, <laughs> die or something?
0: Where you see the bad guys. Oh, is that it?
2: I, I mean, it, it kind of theoretically makes sense. I don't oh, really man. understand what he the might, ghost land is. You might be is. right. But it's, it's almost, almost like kind a, of like this euphemism for people that are stuck in, like, a spiritual limbo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, a, it's like a hallucination of some kind or something.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, in a way. But it, it really almost feels like a, a limbo kind of situation.
0: So he tries to ram his car. He tries to ram his car into young Freddy Krueger again. It's like Freddy Krueger with the, with the, the sunglasses and the beanie on his head. Um, hero tries to uh, ram yamaka. his car into them, uh, not a only to wreck the vehicle, render himself unconscious to trigger another lynchian flashback of the bank robbery from the beginning. Plus, we get uh, nuclear reactors, toy windmills, teary-eyed Japanese people in white robes, what the hell is going on? I have no idea. I'm just going to keep watching, Steve, because uh, that's, that's what we're here for. Cut to Nick Cage being wheelbarrowed further into the ghost land where we have burning books. Whoa, symbolism. Whoa. Mannequins just chilling. Some of the mannequins have like people inside them. There's Blade Runner cosplay, people in plastic trash robes dancing. We're in a, a Deer on Grey mu- music video. Uh, there's a giant <laughs> smoky clock with dudes pulling on a rope attached to its second hand. They keep saying, "Keep the time moving." It's so deep. Oh my God! Nick Cage is bleeding. There's a prophecy. Time has to move again. Eventually, uh, we get to hear Nick Cage say, um, "No, I'll karate chop you." High fucking yaw. <laughs> Intentional Deadfall <laughs> reference. High fucking yaw. I am positive the director of Deadfall, Nick's brother, Christopher Coppola, he thought it was absolutely hilarious. I believe with <laughs> all my heart. I'm so happy they put that in there. But then he finds Bernice pretty quick, yeah. It's pretty early on.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. He pretty much just walks right in. He's like, "Where's Bernice? Where?" <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then he discovers that the ghost land makes the children and youngish adults, because I mean, Bernice isn't a kid, I don't, I don't know, um, lose all the will to live, which in the ghost land, for some reason, tran- translates to hanging outside inside of a mannequin all day. Um, so he does reverse kidnap Bernice, decides to take her home, but first she has to get those mannequin pieces off, right? And this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole yeah. movie. He's like... Take it off, baby. Yeah, uh, Take it off. You get that scar roller skating? Woo! And then he, he, uh, <laughs> he serves her up some water, but she just lets it all stream down her face, triggering hero suit somehow and effectively blowing off Nick Cage's uh. left nut, uh. <laughs> which he holds up to the camera and says, I think he says, Shiro Aka, white and red. I think I, I rewatched it so many times trying to understand and then he passes out. But yeah, you get to see him holding up his uh, bloody left nut and then we get another flashback. Go ahead, Steve.
2: So I was gonna, one, one thing I, I, I thought of whenever he pulls out his one nut specifically is, is how unbelievably tight this suit has to be to isolate and detonate. One specific testicle (laughs) over the other. So my only assumption is that as he puts this on, there are small needle implants that went into each of his testicles, and he's just like, "This is perfectly fine and doesn't feel like (laughs) anything's wrong." Until he finally later snaps it together. So whatever (sighs) had to have gone on down
1: there. Yeah. Who wears them? I I don't know, man. Who wears them tighter? Uh, Tony Stark or Nick?
0: I don't know. You tell me, Steve.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we,
0: we get another great flashback. The flashbacks just keep coming. I love them every time. You get a little bit more information with each flashback. and In this one, we discover that Hero and his partner had a little disagreement and a, and a scuffle when Hero's partner, Eyeliner Guy, shot the gumball kid. And then they, they're fighting, and I love the line when he says, "'Did you take your medication?' Did you take yours? And I, I thought that that was significant somehow. How? I don't. I don't know. But uh, I love that line. Um, the cops do show up and they're like your average really shitty Japanese police with lame pistols. And hero's partner decides he's going to suicide himself by cop. Really cool. Oh no, there's friendly fire. The crowd's getting shot at. Oh my god, it's Bernice in the flashback. She was there so long ago.
2: That girl, I just
0: tried to rape. Yeah. And then the governor finds her and takes her in. You know, he wears this white suit, white cowboy hat, and he has these red gloves because he's got he's got blood on his hands. He's the governor. And then the ghosts show up, right? You think, oh, are these zombies? Is this train to Busan 3? Oh, no, they're rubbing on Hero. Oh, yep, there goes another bomb. There, his right arm. Yep, so we're losing pieces of Nick Cage. Awfully fast, fellas. All the best parts of Nick. Then later, that, then that
2: was Nick's fault because he struck a woman.
0: Yeah. Then the backstory, the backstory part where there's chanting and you see the the like sketches, the art and stuff.
2: Again, a Japanese <laughs> direction. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. it's very vague and yeah. cheesy. Yeah. I that. It, it's, like...
2: it's a common theme in like in, in Japanese like animations, movies, things like that to to do. Drawings for storytelling. Yeah, yeah,
0: right, right. Yeah, and it can be done artistically. I just thought it was done more kind of cheaply yeah. here, especially when. Uh, okay, nuclear war and nuclear anything is really bad. Okay, so these weren't mut- They weren't. They weren't zombies. They were radioactive mutants right. from nuclear radiation.
1: Yeah, because nuclear
0: radiation is bad. So apparently, hero. Goes to the heart of the ghost lands Where the actual ghosts are Here's where I get a little lost So I might need some input here He goes to the heart of the ghost lands Where the actual ghosts are Because they're always talking about these ghosts And he has some kind of vision Of all the little kids he's killed And he learns Something And he now wants to liberate the ghost land Did you (laughs)
2: Is that what happened? Um
0: You know, remember, like, the shot uh, of Yeah, no,
2: yeah, I remember what you're talking about. It was basically his, uh, so he's been living with this guilt of, like, these little kids that died because of his partner being, Uh um, I guess, just obsessed with killing little kids. And he always (laughs) felt like it was his fault for not, like, I guess, stopping his partner or something. Okay. So he had a vision of these little kids forgiving him. And telling him that he needed to live or something, or like save Bernice. Yeah, so I don't know that his goal was necessarily to liberate the ghost land so much as it was to just leave the ghost land and make it back home. Which well,
0: but he gives this speech where he's like, We're breaking out of here. Yeah, yeah, and and he has the line If you told me three days ago, I'd be standing here with one arm and one testicle. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, testicle! (laughs) (laughs) Trying to reason with you bitches. I would say it's impossible too. And that's a great line. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And And then the the Mad Max cosplayers show up again, and we find out that young Freddy Krueger is actually Psycho, his partner. Yeah, spoiler! Uh, Hero's old bank robber buddy, and that he was the victim of some kind of nuclear waste bus crash incident, And then he asks cage to kill the governor before setting off this power ranger style nuclear explosion behind him (laughs) i didn't understand any of it please explain please do you you remember that
2: oh yeah yeah i i think that was uh the original explosion that created him or something so, this is oh. what i'm saying i i i I think that the ghostlands was supposed to be a euphemism for like the spiritual limbo. It's okay. all of these people that are trapped in yeah. this environment, and like mm-hmm. them being I don't know bad people or whatever are all living through a figurative hell, and
0: yeah, so time has stopped for them, and it needs to continue for their spirits to pass on,
2: yeah, basically, yeah, okay, yeah.
0: Well, man, I'm glad, I'm so glad I have some really good um, literature scholars here to really drive home the deeper meaning of this film. Um, I'm at the end, guys. We, We are at the Gatling gun scene, which I don't even know what to say about the Gatling gun scene. Do you remember that?
2: Oh, yeah. I, I... A lot of the fighting scenes really confused me. The amount of times that they're just plunging out, I, killing each I mean, other. In, in, a, in a normal film,
0: like in a normal Western, Nick Cage would return to the governor. They would have a duel or something. Yeah. Right? And it would be a pretty awesome, epic fight. Mm-hmm. That's what I was expecting. But instead, in, in like the moment where this is starting to peak, the tension, Susie... Runs over to a, 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 a stationary gatling gun and just starts mowing everybody down because she wants to save Bernice. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Yeah. yeah, wh- yeah. Why? Um,
2: but like people at random. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand.
0: Um, and then we get Cage's arm katana, yeah. which is sweet.
2: There were also numerous times that, uh, what, what was his name? Yes. Yeah. Yasujiro. Yasujiro. Um, would just start randomly killing. Yeah. His own, his own people. I, what I assume. Yeah. I just, I have no <laughs> I idea what any of the alliances on. are for any of the people or like what the relationships yeah. are.
0: Or, and then all of a sudden, then Bernice is apparently a martial arts master. Yeah. She has a little sequence where she's kicking ass. What? Now it's
1: Kill Bill. Well, she's uh, <laughs> that's uh Michelle Rodriguez, so uh, you know.
0: Oh, Okay. Yeah, she's she, a tough chick. Yeah, she's no. in
1: from from the the Fast Saga.
0: All right. Yeah. yeah Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then we got the fight scene between Hiro and Yasujiro, who kicks Nick Cage in the ball, singular, and it goes ding ding. Oh God! And then Yasujiro ultimately loses and sadly gives us the only well-acted death in this whole movie. It's a shame. Uh, Bernice guns down the governor for all the sweet bitches left behind. Our hero returns to the ghost lands where they praise his name. Time is once again restored, and the giant clock is destroyed. Samurai town is going to be a beautiful place one day. Hero, Bernice, and Susie get up and walk on. That's That's it. I was a prisoner watching this movie.
1: I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. I, did, you, did you notice the Make This Country Great Again sign <laughs> at the end? No,
0: I didn't see that. No, I didn't see that.
1: It was just in the background.
0: Oh, man. I'm sure there's a lot of Easter eggs that I missed, even with two watch-throughs of it. Um, I just... I don't know, man. I don't know. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but as far as movies in this genre go, it's, it's down there on the, the lower end of the totem pole. Because you have, you have these B-movie stars or actors who are in it that have made much better films. Like I said before, Tokyo Gore Police, that's a great one. But again, that's for a Japanese market. If Tokyo Gore Police had been, I think, a Japanese and U.S. production together with a lot of English in it, it would suck. So I, I just, I,
1: sorry. I was, I was just, just going to say, oh no, sorry, go ahead, Sean. I love how the collars were just a blatant ripoff of Battle Royale, except right? like, yeah. with, with the te- without the testicle ones, I mean.
2: <laughs> oh. Yep. So, since I managed to um, successfully get away with it on our last recording, um, uh-huh. I decided to do something different with the, uh, the trivia bits uh, that I normally have. A little thing I like to call Two Truths and a Lie. Uh, Sean, I'm not sure if you're aware, but during our last recording, I had told you guys that during PIG that the entire recording that... Nick Cage did not bathe. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally made that up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's inspired Thanks, me dude. now
2: to read through some... to give you guys um, three trivia facts and see right. if you're able to ascertain which of them is the, the lie. But, okay, so uh, just
0: be aware, Steve, I watched the the behind-the-scenes. Okay. Like, Eight-minute yeah. behind-the-scenes. So if they're pertaining to this movie, I may already know. You may. True.
2: You may. You may. So, the three trivia facts I have for you is uh-huh. that uh, during this movie, uh, Nicolas Cage actually met his wife. Okay. Um, uh-huh. I, if you... So... So the next fact I have for you is that, um, if you recall at a certain point in the movie when they were going to leave, he grabbed this, um, old football helmet. Yes. Um, that football helmet was actually out of a private collection of his that had been destroyed and he wanted to find a use for it because he didn't want to get rid of it. Okay. Um... So that's actually why that was in the movie, even though it was an item that didn't really fit into any other category. <laughs> that's why.
0: Yeah. I didn't get that either. Yeah,
2: right. yeah. That's why it didn't make any mm. sense.
0: I'm not completely convinced yet, which is yeah. the lie. So what's number three?
2: Yeah. Uh, number three is that uh, Nick Cage has actually specifically requested this movie be filmed in Japan. He
0: specifically requested... Well... Oh man, I would say that that's true because that gave him access to Japan. Maybe they got him like some kind of special visa during the pandemic because he wanted to be with his girl at that time. But you're saying maybe he met her during the filming initially. So when he was filming the movie, he was already over there and happened. One of those isn't true. But then I think. What what do you think Sean?
1: I don't think he met his wife on the on the set of this movie. Yeah. Cuz I mean how long ago did they did they film it? It couldn't have been right that long.
0: But remember he was dating some other Japanese woman for for some time and they were married for a couple days and then not married and suddenly. It's a tough one. I almost want to choose uh, option two, just but I just could totally believe it.
1: That's totally something he would do.
0: Yeah, it is. This is really good, Steve. Yeah. So we got, we're gonna have to put our votes down. Sean, you're gonna vote that you think he didn't meet his wife. Yep. During the filming. Okay. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put down he did not. He did not, he did not um, request that the film be filmed in Japan.
2: Oh, this is the best part about this segment. I don't tell you guys which one is the lie. <laughs> yes. That's
0: where we should have the paywall. Right. If you yeah. want to find out, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to find out, I did want to say, I did want to say, if you are listening to late night cage fight, um, you know, you, you will notice that our release schedule is not very consistent. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, I am sorry for that. I do do most of the editing, but also I just want to say, keep in mind, we don't ask for any money. We don't, uh, pitch anything on here. You know, this is all just us recording and doing this really for ourselves. And I thank you for understanding that and continuing to listen. So
2: our sponsor tonight is uh, Clyde Mace. Um, It's the uh, original Alabama style whiskey. Um, Drink Clyde Mace. Very good for you.
0: All right. I have nothing- I don't want to even listen to you anymore, Steve, because now I have to do my own research. You know how many times (laughs) I've been told this past year to do my own research?
1: Yeah. I- (laughs) that's why- that's why I only drink horse whiskey. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, He just told you why. Because he does his own research. Yeah.
0: Oh I, my god, that went, wide, that went wide over my head That I, went wide over my head I get
1: 100,000 of my closest friends together uh, yeah. Of varying uh, demographics and, and mm-hmm. backgrounds and races And and I do a double-blind, peer-reviewed study
0: Oh, you do? Yeah Yeah, that's what most people do When yeah. you say do your research, that's Except, what they've done
2: yeah. Except yeah. for the French We don't trust them
0: no. No, I mean, they wanted to buy, or they wanted to sell really lame submarines. I mean, they, they gotta be cooler.
1: Did you know that, uh, in. in Steve, they <laughs> won't take responsibility for the prize. Oh, geez. Did you know that, uh, the French government, they actually. uh, they instituted a program where they give you a credit card that has a certain amount of money on it that you can only use to buy French art or like, yeah, like,
0: no, I didn't know this.
1: You, you can, you have to use it to, it's supposed to be like, so younger people, uh, take in culture, but you can, you can use it to buy like, uh, like movies or like comic books or like video games.
2: Oh! Didn't somebody have the same idea to do that with like the economic stimulus here? I mean, I, I swear I, I saw something online about that of like, yeah, like forcing
1: you to use it at like local businesses or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I, uh, I sent, I spent my second stimulus on uh, a PlayStation 5 just because I knew that it would piss off Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he's like genius.
2: personally writhing in his grave right now.
1: <laughs> I sent him a Mitch request. McConnell? Yeah, yeah. I I sent him a request on Venmo for the additional six hundred dollars, and he never he's not sent dead. It. He still sleeps there. He wants to be ready.
0: Okay. Very that's a great idea, Sean. Wow. Yeah. You guys are ahead of the game here. I never have these great ideas. I just I just get discouraged. Well us
1: no, can be great body porters. <laughs> you know he he had to make his, his uh Venmo private because so many people yeah. were sending requests for six hundred dollars to his uh like at US Senate dot com email. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's awesome. I believe it. Yeah. Well, to finish up with the movie, Prisoners of the Ghost Land, have, are you guys familiar at all with Sion Sono and his filmography?
1: I'm um, a no. What else did he do?
0: What else did he do? What else did he do? Let's look at his other films. Yeah, was Internet. Just, he he's actually won quite a few awards yeah, for his films. Glow. He's uh, oh okay. I'm I have seen no. I've seen these titles before. He, he, his previous film is called Red Post on Escher Street. He did a mini mini series called The Forest of Love, Deep Cut. I think I remember reading that was pretty big. Um, there's The Forest of Love, Tokyo Vampire Hotel, Shinjuku Swan Two, Anti Porno. Okay. What's Shinjuku an anti porno? Tokyo Tribe Cold Fish Love Exposure I've heard of that one He's got some Oh Suicide Club
1: Yeah Really? Oh, yeah hmm.
0: He did Suicide Club That was literally I really the first
1: one that. I said Dick I always wanted oh, to man. join that club
0: <laughs> If you're having suicidal thoughts Please talk to a uh, counselor or a therapist or I a have cave. to say that I well, have to say that Sean When you
1: yeah. Or like a cage fighter
0: or cage fighter. We message are us good.
1: personally. We will talk you off the ledge and into a nice copy of uh, World Trade anything. Center. or we will watch
2: Cotton Thing.
0: Club. Or we the, will watch Cotton Club. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I will actually personally watch Cotton Club for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> if you commit to not doing it. Yeah.
0: Yeah that's that's good that's yeah. actually wow
2: I, that's i'm not sure convincing. that's a fair trade but i don't I'm either willing.
0: i'm surprised that you have a heart that big steve yeah
2: we all try to do Whoa. our parts
0: yeah all right did
2: you know, behind, behind the scenes was actually inspired by wild at heart
0: no, but there is some Wild at Heart in it, with those David Lynchian flashbacks.
2: Not this movie in particular, just the Sian uh-huh. Sono found yeah. Wild at Heart Yeah, is an inspirational movie.
0: Yeah, it is. It, it is. They, yeah. they show it on the uh, Christian channels.
1: Yeah.
0: It is an inspirational Hallmark film now. Yeah. Uh So, behind the scenes, like I said, there's like an eight minute behind-the-scenes little clip thing with the iTunes release, Uh, there is some footage of Cage doing martial arts training in Japan. And by the way, the the dude who was um, teaching this was Yasujiro. He's a master martial artist, so he was in charge of the choreography. And it looked pretty badass, and it looked like Nick was really trying, but it was funny because in the footage, it just seemed like they were kind of rehearsing among them, and he's standing around trying to figure out what the hell to do but the most interesting part about it was he said that when he started training with them they were telling him he wasn't fighting like a samurai he has to move more like a samurai he was he was bringing some other kind of style and so he kind of in this interview says that in a way he invented a new fighting style (laughs) (laughs) you just you just have to listen to it um he also says that he explicitly loves Japan and he admires Japanese style, yeah. and because of that, he chose to do this movie because it doesn't fit the norm. And I, I respect that. I do kind of like how. I mean, there's the joke that Nick Cage always his his uh, agent chooses whatever movie for him, or he'll he forces his agent to just take the wildest movie. And and I think in a sense he is looking for movies that are just weird, strange, abnormal. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of admire that, because sometimes it does work.
1: That definitely seems like his trajectory as of late. I feel like he's yeah. he's uh, kind of made a resurgence. I mean, I don't know how much he really ever went away, but he's he's yeah. been he's been busy. He's been doing I mean, a lot of interesting movies. Right, right.
0: I, I do think he does have. What I'm saying is I do think he does have a sense of taste in the projects that he takes on. It's not just, oh, I need the money, I'm going to do this, even though it seems that way sometimes. But you look at other stars, um, like Bruce Willis, for example, these other stars that have been trying in a way to make a comeback and I feel like just quite haven't gotten haven't gotten yeah. there. But Nick, it seems like, is finding his niche yeah. now, which is a cool thing. I mean, now the the next thing we're looking at is early next year, the release... Of uh, the movie I can never remember The title The The unbearable unbearable weight Of of massive talent Yes And that is Like a total meta thing On on his I hope Personal life Is in there I really hope That they touch on that
2: I'm hoping we're in
1: there
0: (laughs) (laughs) But we want Cage to You know I think we want Cage To laugh at himself A little bit Yeah You know
1: You didn't get the call Steve
0: no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Look at Jiu-Jitsu, Prisoners of the Ghostland. If they had come out consecutively, we would think Nick Cage is just done. He does not care anymore. But no, it's it's sandwiched. Um, those are in between. There is Pig. So it's well, like okay, well, so Nick Bob Cage Wonderland and Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, we we don't want to forget about that. And the that
1: Governor being from piece. from Wally's Wonderland. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, same same character right <laughs> inspired <laughs> by knows? inspired by Doug Demodome. Yeah, they, they do feel like the same
0: yeah they do I you know good for you for you people out there listening who watch the film and really like it and want to break it down and that that's really cool I just hope that you watch. Some of these other movies that I think are a lot better, part of this genre, and we'll give you know I'll give Cage a pass because to me this is an intentionally bad B movie. Cage knew it, and I really want to know how much of his lines were ad lib. The testicle part, um, yeah, him him getting pissed off, the bicycle. Oh, that's yeah, the I've last. That's the last. The that's the last Easter egg of the behind the scenes. He said he was really happy working with Sion Sono because he allowed him to, to, <laughs> to give his own uh, creative input. Yeah. How much? Hmm. I don't know. But I'm guessing it was significant if Nick Cage is going to say, hey, thanks. Because I, I get the feeling most of the time he's probably shut down by a lot of directors.
2: I, I get the feeling that some of it was things like The Bicycle. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, the the the, rawr, the people on the side. Oh that
0: part. Oh, that was so bad when he's trying <laughs> yeah. to scare the people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I'd say it's definitely worth a watch one time just to experience it. But I don't think it's gonna stick, guys. That's uh I don't know. Well. I'm hoping I'm hoping for another I mean I know you guys weren't as enthused about pig, but I don't know. You know, honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to another Mandy. What I liked about Mandy, and if you go back and listen, you know, you're gonna hear that my review probably wasn't as stellar as it would be now, because I feel like now I, I kinda get it more and I can appreciate there was a lot of action in that movie.
2: If you want to go back and watch it, that's fine. I mean you, you know, do you You man. can't go back. I I'm not I I know. thought it
0: was pretty good, but I, after *Prisoners of the Ghostland*, I think it's still—I think it's better than I give it credit for. But I, you know, I would go back and watch it.
1: You know, the other—the other day, I was at the grocery store and I saw some girl in a Slayer t-shirt, and I just yeah. thought, <laughs> "What yeah, if?" That, that was a—that was a good movie. Yeah.
0: You never know those cultists out there. No. Nope. All right, well, any final thoughts on Prisoners of the Ghost Land? What can we expect? Is is this ever going to be in our repertoire to battle? Who knows? Um, only only God knows why.
2: I'm, I'm nervous when we get up to this point where we got to start pitting these against one another. Because yeah. I feel like...
0: It's almost going to be pointless. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: It's got to be this versus jujitsu
0: well at least right now we are still in the golden age of cage and yeah. uh you can expect soon we're going to have our next um regular episode as part of our versus series where we're going to talk about leaving las vegas and uh, city of angels so that's that's coming up i'm also working on getting out the uh, i feel like we've arch- said that a
2: few times we, we really mean it guys it's yeah, really gonna
0: yeah. happen that is going to happen. That is going to happen, and it's going to be very different from our prisoners' discussion, because these are actual uh, films, movies. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing is, they I, I have them on DVD, too, so I'm actually going to watch the behind-the-scenes, too, with those, and we'll have a pretty cool discussion leading up to our cage fight. Yeah, we got two more Versus episodes than our Season 3 cage battle down the road, I've got. Um, we watched Arch Enemy with Joe Manganello as part of our Cageless series. That'll come out soon. Have some audio issues to correct on that, but it's all good. I will be able to fix it. And the reason we're doing that is because Nick Cage was originally slated to play the lead, but it eventually went to Joe Manganello. We had a really cool conversation about that. Stay tuned for that. Anything else, guys?
1: I saw Shang-Chi.
0: What'd you think? You said you liked it.
1: It was really good. It, uh. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't say too much because I'm sure we'll do an episode about it when it hits Disney Plus, but, uh. Yeah. Definitely a love letter to those who enjoy martial arts cinema. And John Kim. Yes. John Kim? John. Kim's convenience. Yeah. Oh. Which I just finished, and I'm pissed off because apparently they kind of canceled it abruptly because the showrunners just wanted to do something else. Oh yeah.
0: man. So, yeah. Oh man. Uh, thanks for listening to Late Night Cage Fight. Go see Prisoners of the Ghost Land. You can. By go see, I mean you should, uh, you know, stream it from your computer. You can rent it now, Amazon Prime, Apple everywhere fine streams are rented out and what was the last thing I was going to say about it oh yeah try to bring that let's try to bring that box office number up a little bit you know uh, but but you don't want to bring it up too much because then we might get a prisoners two, and that's kind of scary
2: yeah make sure it's just below whatever the budget was
0: which we I couldn't find I couldn't find it because it was probably funded by Yakuza money.
2: Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, can we also officially add Benraku to, uh, to the Cajal stocket? Let's just, let's just make it happen. We're, we're
0: going to have to watch it. Yeah. I don't remember it. Sean hasn't seen it. Steve worships it. Yeah. I think it's, it'll be fun coming off of uh, Prisoners. Yeah. And I won't be surprised if Sean's like, yeah, Prisoners of the Ghostland was a lot better than this pile of shit.
2: I don't know. Oh. There's, there's at least some good character. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's it's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that would be a good conversation. Yeah. I you're think with the number, you're... the number of times you've brought up that movie in this podcast, it's yeah. kind of like a no-brainer. Yeah. So that'll happen. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone out there listening to Late Night Cage Fight. We're going to end this episode... And be sure to stay tuned for our next release. Check us out on Facebook and our website, NickCageFight.com. Thank you all. Thank you guys for being a part of this once again. And have a wonderful night.
2: Goodbye. Good night, everybody.
0: Bye. Um, early last week, I had an awesome, awesome evening. I went bodyboarding for the first time. And I mean like really bodyboarding. I took my body, I got a, I got this really cool boogie board. I have some really cheap fins that are really for snorkeling that I got from Walmart. And I, I just watched, I basically watched two YouTube videos and I'm like, oh, well I can swim. Oh, yeah. You're an expert. Uh, Yeah, I'm an expert. I got this. Like, yeah, you got to put your fins on first and then back into the water. I'm like, yeah, dude, I can put my fins on in the water because I was a swimmer my whole life. I know how to do this. Whatever. Uh, And I actually had a really good experience one night at Waikiki. I hit, I hit, I caught two really big waves. I rode them into the shore. I had this one kid. He was like, dude, that was a gnarly wave, bro. That was sick. I'm like, yeah, man. Dude, I love it. I love this stuff. And the sun was coming down, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm the master of boogie boarding. So the next day, I was so confident, I decided to try the waves on the east side. So I drove to uh, two different beaches, I stopped my car, and I watched. And I don't know if you've seen those surfing, surfing footage of the professional surfers out in the water where the waves are, like, so big, they're wrapping around the surfers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're Huge. And I'm watching yeah. these guys out there, and I just I realized if I go out there with them, I'm gonna fucking die. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not ready for this yet. I'm not ready, but Waikiki Beach, you know they got some big waves, but I got this bro, so the next the next evening I'm going to go out, actually, it was the next morning I'm going to drop the kids off I'm going to go out and just spend a couple hours bodyboarding. Well, there were a series of events this day that all led up to making this my clown day. Would you like to hear? Yes. All right. The first thing that happened was when I got there, I had to park and... I've been. You have to park in Waikiki using these machines Well if you park at the zoo Which is the closest to the beach Where the people bodyboard So I went to pay It's three bucks for two hours And then it says printing ticket And then it only spits out less than half the ticket Just like the title of the, the parking lot And then it just says printer out of paper Oh okay So I just paid but it didn't give me a receipt To put on my dashboard So I'm kind of nervous Like oh man are they going to tow me Whatever I, I don't have a lot of time I'll go to another machine. So I walk to the other machine. I do the same thing. And then at the end, it says, all right, grab your ticket. And it doesn't print anything. <laughs> so I'm just stuck with this half ticket. And I have paid six bucks to park for two hours. Twice the amount. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I've already paid more than I'm supposed to. I'm just going to put this little half sheet thing up here if they want to tow my car or whatever. I, I, I don't really care at this point. But I kind of had that fear this whole time. That they were gonna tow my car, and then now when I go when I go swimming, the only thing I take with me is uh, a pouch. I take my flip flops and I take a pouch that is a uh, waterproof pouch for my phone and then for a key to the car. Everything else I keep in the car because I worry about theft. And I I bury my sandals in the sand, and if somebody steals them, whatever, because they're cheap. But I just. I noticed other people do that sometimes. So that was my plan, right? So I got my board. I go down there. Oh, yeah, waves are looking pretty good. I just kind of glimpse at them. I see all these people at the beach. This is Waikiki Beach. So even at you know 10 a.m., 9 a.m., there's a ton of people. And you have to understand the setup of this beach here, of where people bodyboard at the beach. So there's this long pier. And then connected to that pier at the very end, the pier becomes a wall. This narrow wall that goes really far down the beach, and what that is for is to catch the force of the waves so that people can hang out in that part of the beach without worrying about getting smacked by giant waves. It's where the families kind of chill. All right. Mm-hmm. But those are where the big waves are going. And the bodybuilders, bodybuilders, body boarders are trying to catch those waves. Well, mm-hmm. I had a lot of success on the left hand side of the pier because there weren't as many waves, but there were still big ones. And you don't have to worry about slamming into that wall. It, it just carries you right mm-hmm. into the shore. So that was my original plan. You know, I bury my sandals. I see other people kind of scanning. I'm like, "I don't need to scan. I was here the other day. I know I know how to do this." So I get in the water and I swim to where I was the last time, which again is to the if you're facing the ocean, it's the left-hand side of the pier. All these people, you know, and there are people on the pier too watching like, "Whoa, those dudes are out there surfing and bodyboarding. Well, wow, that's cool." And uh, it's, yeah, I want to impress these people. I, oh, yeah, I forgot this. There's also a dude that's video cam. He's got a video camera, like a really high end one. You know, maybe he's filming for a commercial or something. I'm like, man, that'd be wild if I caught a wave when I was in his video. So I'm waiting and uh, like 20 minutes go by. I'm not catching any waves, but I see that the dudes on the other side of the pier are. And they're a good distance away from that concrete wall. So, you know, I'm like, well, I'll give it maybe 10 minutes more or so, and then maybe I'll just kind of mosey on over there and see if I can catch a couple of their waves. And that's what ended up happening. So, I, I, I got impatient. So, I went over that way, and what happened was, when I went over there, I wasn't paying attention to how the tide was moving, clo- moving me further and further inland towards that concrete wall. And so by the time I got close To where those waves were I had already Reached the point where they are monstrous And they just keep coming And I get hit I get smacked by one I try to ride it I just like flip Over the wave and when I come back Up I get back on my board And my one of my flippers is gone And knocked away one of my flippers And now it's this endless barrage of waves That just <laughs> keeps smacking me I'm trying to do the duck dive where you go underneath But it's so shallow I'm scared I'm gonna Hit the bottom so I just let them smack me me. And I roll with it. I just keep getting hit. I'm like, oh my god. And I realize I'm getting tired and I can't even kick because I only have one flipper. So I'm f- kicking <laughs> one flipper through the water. Like, oh my god, what am I going to do? And uh I'm just my biggest fear when I tell the story other people are like were you scared you were going to drown no I, I knew I wasn't going to drown but I was scared I was going to get to a point where somebody was going to realize I wasn't getting out of that situation and they were going to have to call emergency services and I was going to have to be rescued that was my fear because I looked at the pier a couple times and there were some people up there I noticed when I first got in that that zone they were looking at me kind of smiling and then I noticed later as I was getting my ass beat by the waves they weren't smiling anymore they were legitimately legitimately concerned with this guy with one (laughs) fin trying to get through these waves and being not successful at all. And so out of complete desperation, I just let the waves wallop me to the wall which is overgrown with like you know, rotting moss and coral and stuff. I, I pull off my one flipper that I have I throw it over the wall I throw my board over the wall and I just wait for a giant wave to come and I, I jump up and I jump with the wave over the wall I didn't even care if I was going to hit somebody down there I was like I hope I hope it's all clear on the other side of this wall because I'm done with this shit so I jump over the wall and I just, I just float on my board. I'm like, thank God I survived that because I was getting really worried. I didn't know how <laughs> I was going to get out of that. But then I'm like, I wonder how many people witnessed this amazing event. So, so I just gently float back to the shore and uh, try not to look at people because I'm nervous. And I'm just waiting I'm waiting for a comment from someone. I mean, somebody had to have seen this. But then, you know, I'm like, I just I just got to get out of here. But then I'm like, wait a minute. I got to get my flip-flops. They're on the other side of the pier in the sand. So I got to go back to where, where I first got into the water. So I go over there. I do find my flip-flops. I just try not to look at anybody. I got a big smile on my face. Like, yeah, I can't believe that happened. I'm so embarrassed, I don't even rinse the sand off my feet. I just get in my... My damn car with sand on my feet Because I just don't want to be there anymore And I'm so embarrassed And I I just want to tell somebody about it So I get my pouch out And I I get my phone In the pouch, right? I look at the pouch The pouch is completely Full of water and my phone is on Floating in the water Because I didn't seal The goddamn pouch Correctly (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. Oh, thankfully I wasn't towed. They were working on the uh, parking machines, but I was thinking, man, I'm going to get back after all this, and my car is going to be gone. I'm going to have to pay to get it out. But no, my phone was floating in water, and uh, kind of the final nail in the coffin, um, I put my phone I read, put it in rice. People say, put it in rice and let it drain. I did that for a day, and then the next day, I couldn't get my charger and the phone to charge it. Well, that's because a little fucking piece of rice got jammed up inside of the phone. <laughs> I couldn't get it out. So I had to keep scraping my phone underneath to try to get little pieces of it out, just enough so I could jam my charger in. And now every once in a while, my phone says, we've detected liquid in the phone. We're not going to let you charge. I'm like, yeah, but my, my phone's dry, bro. And you're just detecting a piece of rice, I'm pretty sure, because it's been two days. I'm pretty sure it's not still wet in there. So you can override it. I have to override that. But uh, I haven't been bodyboarding since last week. My pride is really hurt.
1: That's the price you pay for learning HM04 surf.
2: I think you should go back. Um, Yeah,
1: do it all again?
2: Yeah, and actually you should go back and do it intentionally this time. (laughs)
0: I should, I should do it the same time every morning <laughs> yeah. The yeah. same way And see And yeah, Then you'll,
1: then you'll just, just get really just good at it how long yeah. Someone yeah. Takes No I just I do this every
0: it. day don't worry I do this every day is there anybody on the other side this, of the wall This time is to how jump. I wake
1: up <laughs> I, I feel like you should put that at the end of the podcast
0: Yeah this story
1: Yeah
0: Yeah the other thing is I wanted there's a really nice coffee shop I like right there Right off the beach, and I was uh, not going there, bro. People are gonna recognize me from the ocean.
2: So, have you looked yourself up on YouTube yet?
0: Not yet. Okay. I'm I'm reluctant, but
2: I I think it would be worth it. And yeah. if you find it, please link it,
0: dude. If if there was a video of this, I would I would die. That That's would be saying. so like, hilarious. That was the time
2: to look and you yeah. know just type in all the keywords. You know Waikiki <laughs> beach
1: dumbass right. bodyboarding.
0: Yeah, missing flipper.
1: Plot twist: the person that filmed it was Nicholas Cage on vacation. Oh, he was on his honeymoon in Waikiki.
0: Do you have what it takes to be a season finale Cage Lord right here on Late Night Cage Fight? Do you have any Nicolas Cage-related stories or memories to share? Send us a message on Facebook or email latenightcagefight at gmail.com and we may include you in our next podcast. Until next time, Cage out. Have you told me three days ago I'd be standing here with one arm and one testicle? Trying to reason with you. Bitches!